Hi, listener. This is From Ideology to Unity, a spiritual journey where we let go of ego and ideological doctrine in favor of meaning, purpose, and unity as a whole. Today, I'm interviewing Chelsea J. Bear, a cosmic light channel, medium, and YouTuber with an interest in star seeds. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So, what's going on on your end then? Lots of stuff. Lots of lots of stuff. I um, do you want me to just get right into like who I'm channeling now, who I'm talking with? Oh, sure, go ahead. <laughs> I uh, so did we talk about Earthalia last time? <clears throat> Maybe a little bit. She's a benevolent tall gray. She's a high fifth dimension, uh, like on the, the uh, higher end of the fifth dimension as a fifth dimensional being. And she kind of came in as a sort of cosmic guide, spirit guide. But now we're kind of, go ahead. uh, When you say five dimensional, well, there's there's the density system, the law one, and then there's dimensions, which are separate systems. So you mean dimensions, right? Yeah. See, I haven't read law of one. Because I know it's like if you're a fourth density being, that means you're in the fifth dimension. That's how law of one yeah, so I get maybe for the sake of this conversation, just because I don't really know law of one, or I haven't read, I only, I read the Instagram stuff, but yeah, that. I mean, like, uh, the consciousness of the entire collective is in the fifth dimension. All right, I think I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I know, it's it's confusing one. And it's so interesting, just side note, um, I've had to, like, really open myself, not that I wasn't, but to realize, like, we're all channeling, as in we channelers are all trying so many different forms of information it can get confusing but right. anyway so <clears throat> excuse me she is a fifth dimensional light being and she and I would like work one-on-one with just all my human issues and then more and more of them started showing up and so now there's like a group like in my mind's eye we meet up and like sit at a table like we're at a business meeting and oh wow I- I'm sorry jealous of you <laughs> That, that sounds I like sit. I'm like, all right, nerds, what are we doing today? <laughs> and I, is that your I cosmic team? Ch- yeah, but they're also, it's so my human mind is still unraveling it. They're my cosmic team, but they're also a part of a greater collective consciousness of mixed races and star beings. So, not like the Palladian collective is all Palladians. They're, mm. I don't, it, have you heard of ba- Bashar? Bashar? Yeah, I've heard of Bashar. Uh, Cryon, I think. So I had never heard of him. And a friend last week was like, oh, you should check out Bashar and Cryon. And so they're like, I think, different beings. Instead of just a collective with one star race, like the Syrian collective or the Octarian High Council, they're like different beings. So I think that my friend showed me them to be like, okay, I can channel a group of different star races essentially do they have their own star system or number of star systems <clears throat> there it would be like it'd be similar to the galactic federation of light where they are just a separate segment of that so it's just all the beings from throughout the universe a small collection of them there's about 72 of them that just come oh. together to form their own collective that's that's pretty interesting yeah it's been a lot. It's channeling them too. my body. The first time I did it, I felt 
felt like I was going to pass out. It's just the energy was, it was just so different than what I experienced. So I'm getting used to channeling them. Right. So she's a tall gray mm-hmm. and there's different types of grays, even different species of grays. And could you yeah. clarify, well, clarify grays for me then? <laughs> So grays are typically what we would consider the, like the alien emoji that we Mm. use. So she has that face. She has those uh, black, dark slanted eyes and kind of like the no nose, like the two little slits for nose and a small mouth and the kind of elongated head and forehead. So there's different, she's actually a Zeta, but I call her tall gray because like that would be her race. Some people I'm not see sure that, where the, there's some go ahead. Some people talk about the Zetas like they're entirely negatively orientated. So what's the truth of the matter? They're like humans. So as far as there's some good humans and there's some bad humans, like how like imagine if an alien came to Earth and landed somewhere horrible on Earth. We won't say where because we don't want to make fun of certain countries like America, but if they landed there at like a certain point in time and only met one certain human and then went back to their people and they're like, freaking earthlings, they're wild, you know? So it's like that. We are wild though. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, we are, but it'd be similar to. I'm wondering, aren't we going, isn't this a service to others awakening? That seems to be my impression anyway, it's maybe biased, but maybe our wildness no i imagine after the awakening if they're fourth density i guess i can't assume all fourth density societies are the same by any means so so she's an individual she's she doesn't represent the zeta collective Hmm. so it's the same with reptilians there's some reptilians that are still uh really stuck in that let's cause harm to other let's bring on the darkness and there are reptilians that are going through their own ascension process and awakening process and so you you know that's why we a lot of people chat to the pleiadians and the octarians and the syrians um etc because they've gone through their own ascension process like millions of years ago eons so they're like way up there they're like full light bodied beings but there are other star races out there that are similar to us they just have either they're transitioning into into their light body or they're still in a totally physical form but they're going through their own ascension process so she would be just part of the group that is of the light actually i say that is in service of love so how come you are in that you the relationship with that you have with the your cosmic team this so this is something i haven't shared this with anyone yet so i'll just share it with you so i had a session with another channeler medium and she told me my gifts were going to shift and that i was actually ready to see and she kind of let me know like you're going to see something pretty intense pretty strange just be really open to it And I connected with the Palladians just very casually, typically. And I was standing there. They had me stand up and they um, unzipped me like in in my mind's eyes. So etherically speaking from here all the way down and I could feel the zipper. I could hear it. And the sort of human suit opened up to the side. And there was this alien type looking being that had 
I don't know, like the universe for skin. So it just looks like the stars and planets. And they're like, this is the first image we're showing you of your true self because they didn't want to show me the full form yet. And I was like, I definitely closed it out right away. I was like, this is kind of intense, too weird. But after further inspection, I did a couple sessions with them. I found that I'm this Zeta hybrid and there's quite a few of us on planet earth. I haven't really looked, I really, I really want to go on Google, but I'm trying not As to. A sauce. Yeah, it's di- so star seeds. It's our soul has incarnated elsewhere as they're showing me. There's also human alien hy- hybrids. So you could be one. Star, I, I wouldn't is, know. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't even know if I'm a star seed or if I'm an older soul or, moderate age soul or what like i would say both i would say you're a pretty old soul and you're a star seed okay i just don't feel like i it's like my first life here i feel like i've been on earth for a while that's all yeah you get a sense for that in people yeah and um they were showing me too with before i met you gosh i can't remember it's in my notes but um especially with children and into adulthood, you know, with either Asperger's or sort of special qualities like that, it's related to starseed qualities. I heard that. Because it, because you're so tapped, your soul and your consciousness are tapped into multiple realms at once more so than others. And so that's how it physically expresses itself. There are potentially disadvantages though. People oh, being of course, spectrum. I mean, we're human. In, in a spiritual sense, because is it possible to, for someone on the spectrum to end up more left-brained and like out of touch with the spiritual side? I suppose it's possible for anyone. And it could, that could be part of your soul contract too. I mean, it's, oh, how yeah. many years did you go without being a spiritual person? Most of my life. Yeah, exactly. And so that could have easily been part of your contract to wake back up to yourself in that yeah. form. Yeah, and I, I suspect there's other things in my soul contract. So soul contracts, are they? there's a whole bunch of contracts we make with other souls. And I got this idea that it's like this grand orchestra between souls that's agreed in the spirit world to play it on earth. Yeah. And the complexity of it too. I was just having a conversation. Someone's asking me about souls and contracts. Like it, it's just, it's beyond what our human imagination can even create. Cause it exactly the orchestra. It's just so that there's so many lines being we weaved and sewn together that it's hard to keep up. It's collaborative knitting. Mm, collaborative knitting. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I love that. Well, I suppose you could say it's co-creation. Yeah, that's exactly it. Mm. And when we think about soul contracts, you know, you and I might have a soul contract for the next two years, the next 10 years. We don't really know, but you and I have a contract. How does this play into free, um, how does it play into free world determinism then? It's so it's sort of everything is divinely planned. I would say divinely, but loosely planned. So we have free will, but if something, so a good example could be you and I, like our soul contract. So I, when you first emailed me, I had free will to say no. 
And let's say I did, let's say I was like, you know what? It's not the right time. No. Then maybe a couple of days later, a friend would have been like, Hey, have you seen this podcast ideology to unity? I'm like, that's so weird. The guy just emailed me, but I'm so busy. And then they could have been like, you should definitely email him back. And so you can see, I made the choice to say no, because I was insecure or whatever was going on, but it would still find its way back if it's truly meant to be. So we keep be given the opportunity again and again, if it's. Yeah. They can't force us. We still have to make our own decision, but you probably like, I've looked back on my life with certain experiences or meeting people where we realize we're in the same, like my partner's a good example where we realize we're in the same places, but just didn't meet. I'm like, that's so strange. Like it just, we just would have met or like down the line, we would have met here. I don't know for sure, but I'm like, oh, okay. I see how that, even if we made one decision, one split second decision that changes our path a little bit, they'll do their best to bring us back around if it's fully meant to be. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go on a tangent slightly. You know, I'm gonna ask, do you have any advice for, one hand I could ask like how to be present on the other hand, how to eliminate the barriers to being present? So when you just mean finding presence, awareness in just being in the present, present as moment? opposed to in your ego. Oh, yeah. I find we are so disconnected from our bodies. I think people get really, not everyone, of course, but I encounter people where they're so, their head is just so in the clouds, like they're so in space, especially me as a channel you know, and like you, you're receiving downloads as well, that becoming embodied actually really helps with that. And that can be through dance, meditation, slow movement, yoga. I mean, I know those are pretty cliche examples, but that's like, for me, I find when we're disembodied, because we're here to be in this physical vessel, 100%, even if we can talk to aliens, even if we are chatting with our spirit guides all day. So I think becoming embodied really helps with that presence aspect. Okay. Yeah, it's it's something I, I kind of want to ask anyone who's had an awakening, really, because a lot of yeah. that's the main struggle is the struggle to awaken. Maybe struggle is not the right word, but mm. maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah, and the ego aspect—it's it's just a reminder. Our ego is there to protect us, and it's been imprinted mm. with you know millions of years of evolution of the flight or fight response so when our fear comes in even when we're you know to me I'm like it's so funny to feel insecure I I deal with a lot of uh, insecurities or I have over the years or when I'm outside of it I have the awareness of it that's so silly that I felt weird to talk to someone or to ask a question you know Hmm. like did you ever feel nervous to ask a question like of the teacher in class like to raise your hand yeah but there's one time I I kept on I was insecure that I'd got something wrong or didn't understand. So I kept asking him like I'd made a fool of myself. Well, at least whatever that means. Like, <laughs> that's felt, just scary. Yeah. And because I was, I was like, what if I didn't get it right? Because that's a different insecurity, but then I was still insecure about like what people thought of me. Honestly, that's still an issue. Like a lot of people yeah. have that. What do people think of me? And so people might try to fit in. A lot to do that and it, and so with the ego too you have that experience in class and i've had something similar and it's 
it imprints on you so that later down in the life, you might be, you know, for me, be scared to ask a question because what if I'm wrong? And the ego's like, don't do this. It didn't work out last time. We need oh, to protect yeah. each other, you know, and it just keeps creating this pattern that never ends unless you bring absolute awareness to it. But we choose the patterns that we end up with, right? Especially when yeah. it comes to like parents. Yes. Yes. The parent aspect is if you can, you know, regardless of your parents were challenging or not, I think we all had a little bit of challenges with mm -hmm. our parents. That's just being kids and teens and whatnot. But if you can come to a place where you just look at your parent as this human that had their own parents and their own set of insecurities and patterns and conditions that they grew up with, it's really kind of creates this huge shift. Because they maybe they're doing great considering their parents. Absolutely. And they're just doing the best they can with what they have, which yeah. is every human. And when you have that sort of, you know, blanket of compassion, it, it completely shifts your awareness of how you look at people. Does it help with people who might be hurting you or have hurt you? Yeah. I, I think when you're in it, it's challenging because you're in the pain. You're basically swimming in that, the deep depths of that pain or worry or trauma. But on the other side, after some healing, like if you were in a really toxic relationship or experienced trauma on any aspect of the scale, doing that work after where you can find peace with someone, I think would really benefit everyone. And it's not excusing them it's just forgiving them for their humanness there's this idea of a meta meditation or meta with two t's mm. uh, and it's this idea that you're kind of like i get the impression it's kind of like blessing people with or setting That's the intention right. for them to have like inner happiness or whatever right yeah uh, i've heard of that so i'm trying that out recently <laughs> hopefully it how's it going um sometimes it is it's it feels good but other times it's kind of like i i don't want to get that you're going to be careful not to expect to feel good too much because then you're mm -hmm. doing it to get some sort of catharsis and i i do i'm doing it anyway even if i'm not getting that feeling um i think that's important but do you yeah. bless anyone? You can like, do, do you just bless people you in your life? Anyone. People you okay. do it with anyone, but particularly people you're feeling negative towards. Mm. Or you feel might feel negative towards you or whatever, right? And it's like because it's like if someone maybe someone just cuts in front of you when you're driving, right? And you just you feel really <laughs> you swear at them and then you're like, wait they're actually got their own stuff going on. Maybe I could just, you know, set, wish them to have like inner peace. Yeah. What do you think of it? I love that. I've been yelling at people a lot lately while driving. Bless you. Do you ever, yeah. Do you ever Not like that. notice where you're more aggro than other time? Like usually I just drive and I'm very peaceful and lately I don't I've just actually drive. My... Oh, that, that makes sense. But, but, uh, hmm. Yeah, I just notice I'll like yell at people and be like, you effing idiot, learn how to drive. And I'm like this person that doesn't really talk like that, at least not in my car. 
And so, yeah, maybe I need to do that. Bless the people. Bless this mess. Yeah, it's, all, it's a lot of mess these days. Because mm-hmm. you look mm-hmm. at the world and all this, well, politics, for example, you get so much division, right? And yeah. So what, have you had any particular, any valuable insight from guides or anyone you've channeled about bridging these divides? It really starts, it's so, let me see what they're saying one second. And so what they keep showing me time and time again, we're going into this age that surpasses the guru. It's, it's not really about looking up to teachers anymore, putting people on pedestals. It's we are our own teacher. We are our own guru, our own um, spirit guide in a way. And with that comes a lot of internal work. And so I think what's happening, and there, there is, there's a lot of great pain in the world and people really put all their focus on the external, but there's only so much you can do. You know, there's only, you can march, you can share information, 100, you can donate. There's so many things you can do, but to a, a certain point, you can only go so far. And so what they remind me, personally, time and time again, is just do the internal work, whatever that may look like, so that your energy, because we're going into the age of energy, that's basically the entire age of Aquarius is really seeing that we are all energy and that we are interconnected. So if I do my energy, you and I have an energy line. So then that will start to trickle into yours, it won't penetrate you, it can't take over your body, but it's just it's complete resonance. Huh? I this image of like is, the lines that are coming out from people in Donnie Darko. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good that's a good example. Yeah, but probably more so the, going on than that. But what? There's probably more going on than just what was shown in the film. But it's about the oh, law of yeah. correspondence, right? The as above, so below, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I've got happened to this idea recently, and I'll bounce it off you of. If you want to transform your life, transform within, and the external world will just reflect that. Absolutely. And it, it shifts your perception. I mean, we literally, uh, we live in a holographic universe. And sometimes people don't understand when I say that. I'm like, it's just an illusion. Like, if you took away your sight, your taste, your smell, your touch, what would you be left with? You know, we are seeing this world because we are experiencing it through our senses. So if you take those away, do you have a world to experience? You're pretty much left with your consciousness and a lot of nothingness. That might actually you cause know? awakening if that actually happens. To oh, me. yeah. That's kind of maybe that's like what the Buddhists do in deep meditative states. They cut off their access to their senses. You mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so going back to yeah, just that would shift your perception. So if you recognize you are the creator of this illusion you're seeing, you know, so it's it's my perception of you doesn't represent you. It represents how I see you, you know, and I can shift that in a second and vice versa. And so you can start small instead of looking at a weed, you know, lame, like silly example, but a weed on the sidewalk, like Sometimes weeds are really beautiful. Like we have really beautiful weeds here in Australia that are different than American soil and they're flowery and they're gorgeous. So it's just that completely shifted my perspective of weeds, you know, 
start small and just work your way out. I mean, we've got something called bindweed over in the UK, and it actually looks really pretty. Uh, but yeah. the thing is, so it's, it's choking the plant it's on, but oh. it itself looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, so, and it's so challenging to do that with certain political figures, to sit there and recognize, you know, going back to talking about all adults used to be children, that they themselves used to be these children with maybe not great parents and not the greatest, most loving upbringing. Does that excuse their actions? Of course not. But if we can open our minds to that, the mind unraveling will just continue. By mind unraveling, you mean ego unraveling? Mm, like expanding. Oh, okay. The expansion of your vision and the physical and the non-physical. Well. So I'm just not sure what to ask. So do we, we get tested by sometimes by other people? during the dark night of the soul and if not afterwards and uh, what's your experience with that i see everyone as our mirrors so you know your partner is not your lover your kid's not your kid they're all just mirrors reflecting back to us either our own high self-worth or low self-worth and so if you're being tested by someone it's probably something within you that needs to be healed or wants to be healed yeah and i suppose you do want to heal yourself or something but like sometimes you don't, don't know how so yeah yeah i mean if you're being if you're triggered by someone or tested by someone you're like oh that person's so annoying or they're so catty or they're such idiots it's like there's something inside of you that may feel that it's shadow work that may feel like you're an idiot you know if you judge someone for i don't know they're bringing out their groceries and they drop it and you're just like wow what an idiot like that's probably a reflection of something that is inside of you that wants to be healed yeah so and so it's just called shadow work so what's going on what's going on at the moment in like spiritually and or like the light codes or whatever like astrologically perhaps like what's the situation as I see it, there's new, so we have like the matrix, which I see as like a red sort of spidery, gross spider web all over earth. Right. And then we have the universal grid. I should say we have like the universal grid of consciousness, which I think is like the walls of the universe, the boundaries of the universe, if there is such a thing. But we also have like earth's actual grid. And they're showing me, it's kind of like that. It's like a weaving and they'll remove lines. So like, you know, there's a couple of strings attached. And then when we heal something or we remove something, these grid workers will come in and take out that sort of line that is no longer serving earth and replace it with a new higher vibrational one. Okay. So we're doing a lot of like energy grid work on the individual level. I mean, think of all 2020, like you, we're all forced into some deep, dark shadow stuff. And so that reflects what's happening to earth on a consciousness level. Right. Um, have you been involved in any of that? 
not a grid worker. They show, I, I guess there's like, there's light workers, there's grid workers, there's energy workers. I don't, not as they show me any of that, but I see it. Like sometimes I'll go up to the divine grid and just kind of sit there and I'm like, good job guys. Great work. And I just kind of can see it. So it's similar to energy, like a line will represent someone's consciousness or a, a thought or an emotion. And when it's healed, they remove it. So but sort of what the work, what I do with my cosmic team is really, I guess, as they've shown me, I'm here as a teacher. So we all kind of meet up with them at our cool little business round table and just ask like, kind of what do people need to be taught right now? What do people need to know about themselves to feel empowered, to feel as their true sovereign selves? And so we have a lot of conversations about that. We're definitely going into an empowerment age. That's for sure. Some people these days are, are worried that the awakening's not going well or something. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Like there was this one person I was following recently and I stopped following them, but I saw a video about them saying that, I don't know, they, they seem to be complaining about the new age community saying that it's not going well. Uh, at all mm. but i kind of see some of the things going wrong as waking people up but what's your opinion about the situation yeah i mean just just to even put a label on something as good or bad is you know just because 5d is such a popular buzzword that's gonna take you from a fifth dimensional reality so if you're saying mm this awakening isn't good enough or it's bad. Like to me, that's just really interesting. And I'm seeing a lot of that in the spiritual community. And to me, it's just all part of the ruffling of the feathers. Like that just needs to be released. Okay. Like with that individual. Maybe if, they're, so if, we're if they're getting that off their chest, at least there's something good. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's just more worry about yourself, not saying this to you, but like when people become, you know, obsessed with what other people are saying or looking up to others. It's like this reminder that we're meant to go within, but yeah, just to say like, we're not getting far enough. It's like on what, like, what are, what are they measuring it with? You know what I mean? Like that we have right. no form of measurement because we haven't been here before hmm. and yeah, things are pretty tough and sticky, but it reminds me of this is, I don't know if people are going to get this, but so we have a dog and we've been training our dog and we do like the clicker and the reinforcer and the trainer let us know that when you're enforcing or teaching a new trick that they'll actually backpedal the dogs will, and they'll keep doing the bad thing. You, you know, the quote unquote bad thing they don't want you to do. Hmm. You don't want them to do. And I feel like it's the same thing with humanity where it's like, we're all learning a new way to be better, more awakened humans, but we're kind of reverting really quickly to the old ways. And that's kind of how I see it. I guess when it's new, it takes time to, it takes time to really get used to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the same, like on an individual scale, let's say you're trying to lose weight and eat healthier you might start off really good. You know, that first week you're working out every day, you're eating your veggies. And then after a couple of weeks, you kind of revert back to the old ways, have a dark night of the soul, eat a Snickers, whatever. And then you're like, wait, no, I really do want this. And then you get better and you slowly 
slowly but surely get there. So it's like that. Right. Well, speaking that's just of, what we're going through. Speaking of diet, what do you think about eating meat when it comes to awakening? Someone just asked me this on Instagram yesterday. There's no law. There's no rule that says you have to not eat meat to use your energetic gifts, be a spiritual person, come into your power. It just doesn't exist. It's all a personal choice. We're all on our own journey when it comes to food. I will say though, and this is, I believe a Buddhist notion that when an animal suffers, we ingest that suffering. And I kind of believe that like, it would be really hard for me. I don't personally eat meat or dairy, but no judgment to those that do. I think if you were to think about food as energy and vibration, what would be the most high vibrational thing you could eat? Probably something like fruits and vegetables. Doesn't mean that's all you have to eat, yeah, but perhaps, yeah. I've been wondering that. I mean, maybe having I mean having a bit less meat. But I'm yeah. wondering if you ingest their suffering, what if you can process that suffering and somehow help maybe? by processing on like a lineage scale you can like i think about that i think about the consciousness of horses because horses have always been used in human wars so i'm always wondering like what's their consciousness like what's that like um and then you know same like just using cows as an example i'm like man the suffering you know because it's if we think about like the the book the body keeps the square i haven't read it but i have it in my Amazon. And I think about it a lot. Cause it's like, we retain the emotional happiness, joy, or trauma. And then that's passed down to our ancestors. So I always think about that in the scale of animals too. If it's the same passing along, you know, huh. I guess it all makes and, up part of our, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Just going back to what you were saying, I think we can help heal but if you're going to keep eating meat, I don't think it, it, I think that'd be spiritual bypass. To keep eating Like I think meat. you can, oh no, to, to eat the meat, but then say, oh, I can heal this animal's trauma or. Oh, it's a way to try to. Okay. I, I, it's just a way of like, is there a positive aspect to this? But if you're denying the negative, then that's bypassing. Yeah. I would say so. Again, nothing wrong with eating meat, like personal choice. We're all, but yeah, like, and it's so challenging too, because like beans, they either don't eat a lot or they don't eat at all. And I don't think they eat animals. I'm not 100% sure. We can pace ourselves though, right? Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people in the health, meat is like back, like people are like, Oh, well, our ancestors ate me. I'm like, yeah, for sure. But that was, you know, one goat a month. It wasn't every day. And I think our bodies mm-hmm. work better on having like veggies, grains, and like a little bit of protein. And I see a lot more health people in the wellness world kind of advocating for that where they still eat meat, but it's not like steak, like taking up half your plate. It's, you know, less than the size of your like half the size of your fist. Yeah, I mean, and generally with food and with other things, there's a point where you're basically you're indulging for maybe the dopamine or pleasure, right? And mm-hmm. it's like maybe it's a coping mechanism or maybe it's a way of 
it's kind of egoic, I guess. But there's something about it which is like, I'm not sure how to put it. <laughs> Do you know what I'm getting at? It's like the pleasure? Yeah, that maybe the way, it's nothing wrong with it inherently, but overindulging in it might be, uh, sorry, I, I don't know how to put it. No, well, yeah, I think, I, so think about Native Americans. They would hunt when they needed to hunt. They would bless the animal, think, it's, think it for its life. Uh, I don't know if, you know, tigers are blessing an elk when they kill it, but to me, it felt like in a similar exchange, but when we have like this mass production assembly line of just suffering oh, and pain, yeah. I think that's, I think where, you know, a shift needs to occur, a major shift. When it's that's that, just, there's something yeah. so heartless about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so much of what we're doing in the industrialization, like the way it treats the plants and, mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. Gaia is or Mother Earth I'm sure she doesn't enjoy it at all so yeah I mean just the sheer you know putting the suffering aside and the death aside like the sheer pollution from it all just seeping into the earth and into our atmosphere so <sighs> I could see a major shift with that happening within the next hundred years or so we'll see but what about the nuclear aspect of things gosh i don't really know it's so interesting to me they they kind of laugh at the the ets laugh at us not laugh at us they're very loving beings but that we even just mess with nuclear (laughs) like they're just like there's so many better ways but someone has to figure it out and so i suppose I mean, it's yeah, interesting, this technology that has been kept from us and mm-hmm. we were allowed to engage in these other things when we didn't mm-hmm. even have to. Exactly. So and, perhaps there's a play? Yeah, there's some a, sort of plan know, going on, yeah. Yeah, I feel I mean, that I could get into conspiracy theories, oh, it's a cabal and all that, which yeah. I do believe but no, in, I, but I don't think, do you think that maybe the power is given away to them? It's not just that oh, there's the various plots, but there's this wider interaction going on where we they're part of the collective and we kind of give them their power. And it's like, it's not a simple... Them? <laughs> them, you know. Uh, oh, them. The cabal, okay. the you Illuminati. Yeah. I do yeah, think they that, exist. Okay. I just don't think... If we view... If we demonize them, if we basically treat them like the boogeyman we won't actually be recognizing our role in giving away our own power absolutely i agree with you 100 percent. i know it's fun to go down a few conspiracy wormholes oh yeah i do it every now and then. <laughs> you're like I, the thing with the they're so dangerous sometimes because then you come out and you're like i don't know what's real anymore i don't know am i real like i don't know but the spirituality can do that can't it Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've had a few moments like that too. I'm like, what is, what, why are we here? But what's some of it's point? lovely, isn't it? It's just wonderful moments where I don't know, I don't know if it's what's real, but it's, um, it's just like the breaking, something might be breaking the fourth wall of reality or something. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's when you feel that divine 
love and people think love is only like this romantic emotion and it's just this overwhelming pureness of just being just being yourself just being who you are your true essence which is this soul just doing all these incarnations traveling through space and time yeah so what do you know about astrology and how does it fit into the awakening that's ongoing i look at it as one just something fun so i'm not very dogmatic with it i think a lot of people are like oh i'm a virgo i can't date so and so and there's so much going on in our charts i ask them if i ask the light beings if they use astrology on other planets or if it's just an earthly thing and they use it similarly but not exact but for us i think it's just a map i think it's a way to keep us connected to the cosmos recognize that yeah 100% so it's like this energetic map of how the stars and planets were placed at certain moments in time and that creates a certain energy our vibration and I mean again think how I said at the top of this podcast um you know it's like each month has you know we have Aries and so forth is it's working with a different energy and then we have each person is represented by one of those energies or frequencies. And so it's just this whole, again, like fabric of different frequency and we're all just woven together. And, you know, if we had a planet of just only um, Virgos, we'd get a lot done, but where would the creativity be, you know? And if we had a planet of only like Sagittarius, we'd have really freedom seeking people who probably be always traveling, but then get nothing done, you know? So not exactly sure a hundred percent, but I just see it as like this big cosmic map to help us get through life. Right. So do you think that where stars move is all just like how, what individuals do move through individuals move around earth according to a broader plan that's weaved, weaving mm-hmm. like, uh, a grand plan or an orchestra but is there an orchestra of the movements of stars in the same way i i would say yes but i'm not yeah i would just have to say yes i heard a yes right away but i myself don't fully understand it or comprehend it it's a lot it's a lot for our human minds to even just begin imagining you know yeah um so our star is isn't it ra at the moment yeah i would i would i would say so yeah like what our sun is called yeah because i'm pretty sure that's the being the raw materials based on Mm -hmm. at the moment anyway so um so what the um have you ever are they generally What's the most interesting channeling experience you've had? Honestly, I would have to be up until now that zipper experience. Huh. That just was the weirdest. I could just feel it in my body. And it felt like when my eyes were closed, it felt like I was there. And I'm still tripping about it. I'm still just like, what happened? What am I being shown? But um 
your soul. And then just, yeah, exactly. Just who I am on a more cosmic multidimensional level. Right. And that's a, that's a big part of the awakening, realizing we're, we are these multidimensional beings. We're not just one soul having one incarnation. How do you discern if you're dealing with a being of light or being of darkness? I have a good trick now, which I find to be foolproof, is if you're in contact with a being, because they can create a false light vibration where they can feel kind of nice one they will never tell you to do anything the amount of people I've had several people come into my dms and be like yeah the light beings I work with them they told me I should do this and they told me I need to do that and that I'm the protector of this worth earth and I'm like they would never tell you to do that like I just don't respond because I don't want to get in an argument and tell them what's going on with their reality but they'll never say you need to do this or you should do that they're here to share guidance. They're here to share messages of ascension and expansion. So that's a good point. But if you're unsure, ask them, do you serve love? Are you in service of unconditional love? Because if you ask them if they serve God or if they serve source, we live in a dualistic universe. We live in a universe of polarity. And so someone creating a horrible act is still in service of God because God is the creator. God created light and dark. It doesn't mean it's doesn't mean that they're that horrible act serves the highest and greatest good, but me causing harm to someone, like let's say I cheated on someone like that's still in service of God because that's part of the balance of light and dark. So if you ask them that they'll say, yes, of course I've been in service of God. doesn't matter. But if you say, do you serve love? They have to answer and they'll say yes or no. And if they say no, ask them to leave and command them to leave and they should. And if they don't, I, there's something I'm not exactly sure, but they should leave. They, they respect boundaries. It's when we open up our field or don't have clear boundaries that they know they can seep in. So it's like there's rules, but they mm-hmm. don't hold back if you don't really understand the rules. They're tricky. Yeah. And so that's what people, um, you know, if someone's like, I want to channel, but I'm scared. I'm like, work on that fear. Cause if you have fear that you're going to be haunted or penetrated yeah. by an evil being, this you're opening I hold off. Feel to that. Uh, it's not like I haven't tried it out at all. I, I even had a little bit of interaction with the Arturians, but I feel like mm. I'm not ready yet. I've definitely got mm-hmm. fear I'm working on. And especially if you're in like, the dark night of the soul or something or or even if you haven't had it yet especially like maybe hold off do the inner work Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be months and months of working on this fear it's just writing out like what are you scared of facing that fear of like i'm scared and you know an evil spirit or alien is going to take over my body like that's a logical fear just write Mm. it out and get it out of there but it's so easy to me to create boundaries and practice them just a couple of times to always have them up. And that can look like always grounding your energy, opening your heart space and making commands. I command to only connect with light divine beings or divine beings of the light. What about when I you're command- sorry. <laughs> when you're when oh, we sleep, um, sometimes we might wake up and we be like, what's that thing we get sleep paralysis or we might yeah. hear something or have this hear something just before we wake up or 
there can be some interesting oil experiences people have in bed and I would say you're protected, but if you're, but then also you might be suffering from psychic attacks, which that's a thing. And that's just, you either can see someone about that or uh, do a boundary clearing process. I've definitely had some weird stuff happen when I'm sleeping, but it also felt like it was a part of my karmic contract. It just felt like, but so weird. The other night I was falling asleep or no, I woke up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom and I was just laying there with my eyes closed. And I heard it was my partner, how he would say my name, like Chelsea, it was a whisper, but I knew he was asleep and it freaked me out. Have you ever had that? Like where you hear your name or hear something? Uh, yeah. Um, I've had, uh, what, when you're awake or just as you wake like up? Like or- in... Uh, as you're waking up or falling asleep so that in yeah between. yeah yeah i've had um Nick. <laughs> ah! i didn't like it that was unpleasant but at least it's at least it's doing the inner work you know it, no, indirectly at least i'm actually it's toughening me up i suppose and they were just saying something too real quick though you know we're more open when we're half awake or half asleep. And so maybe it's scary to us, but they don't mean to be scary. It's just, we're more open. So we're hearing, like when I heard the chels, it's because it was so loud and clear where usually it just sounds like it's in my mind's eye. So they're like, it was just his soul, I think, talking to me. And like the same with you, that could have just been your spirit guides. <laughs> but they like, yeah, that's the but I've heard about like we- fake spirit guides. So I'm got, I've got a little bit concerned recently. Yeah. Is there anything... Yeah. Is there anything they want to say to me, your team or anything? So as soon as you said you started, you tried to communicate with Nocturians, they like came through right away. And I have a feeling you're a Nocturian starseed. Cause I was like, he's not Pleiadian. He's something old and ancient. He's not Syrian. So I was either feeling a little bit Lyran, but then when you said the Nocturians, a huge like light bulb went off. And for you too, it's, you actually are a really clear channel and what you're going through is, um, yeah, you, you can do what I do. I, I've been doing more conscious. I don't know. I, 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 thank you for telling me. So I, cause I, I feel like I couldn't really make out, I, I don't really need the trust of us, what I'm doing yet. Well, that's what they're kind of showing me right now. They're like, you're going through all this stuff of, you know, like distrusting and not sure. And then there's fear and what if this? And so you're, you're going, all the gunk's being removed for you to be a clear channel. Yeah. So we're still yeah. human. I'm sure and- it will be great. I'm sure we're prepared to play with all sorts of interesting things when I'm ready. And I'll just yeah. get through this. And But yeah, I would say the Everyone Arcturians, else will probably do that too. So. Yeah, I would say the Octarians. They 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 already do work with you and through you. In it's just their you... own way, but in, yeah. I don't need to be aware of it, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. I get these, like, it feels like I'm coming up with it, but it's not necessarily true. But it's like these abstract images of mm-hmm. how things mm-hmm. fit together. Absolutely, and so what they're saying is. So you're really old soul. Um, well, let me see what they want to say. So you're doing quite a few incarnations all at once. And like you can connect oh. with your Arcturian self. And you as a 
being specifically chose to be here with like a certain set of skills. I always think of like Liam Neeson and taking taken. You have a certain set of I have a certain set of skills. I always because they say that, and I'm like, I can't tell if you guys are making fun of me, but um, you're meant to be speaking, and I feel like we had this conversation last time. Like when I talk to you, I just feel so relaxed. I just feel like so at ease in your presence, and that's your soul essence coming through. And you're meant right. to be speaking. You're meant to be seen on screen. I don't know if there's a block there. But they're like, oh, he, he'll definitely be doing some form of channeling work. It doesn't have to be trans channeling. It could, whatever you want to make of it, but you will be working, they want to say initially with the Arcturians. Because I feel like you are Arcturian. Huh. You just got this like old wisdom vibe with you. Thanks. Well, I suppose ultimately we're just all like that well, all souls in a sense. Um, mm -hmm. Because there is this um, spiritual ego thing where some people are like, oh, I'm this kind of star seed and this is who I am. Um, where it's more like, it, I mean, it, it is kind of me, like what kind of history I, I have, I suppose. But it's not like the core of it, maybe. Absolutely. And it kind of goes back to that labeling thing. You, you know, I'll have clients or people where I'm like, oh, yeah, like you're Palladian. And then they change their Instagram handle to Palladian Starseed. And the light beings, they don't really have labels. They don't have hierarchy. And they, you know, they're, they'll point out to me. And this, this isn't how they said it. But to me, I'm like, okay, if, if fifth dimensional reality is not about separation, it's about unity and labels create se separation, you know? So it's like, if you're like, I'm a Pleiadian starseed and I'm joined this Pleiadian Facebook group, it's like, that's creating more separation. It's you're fine not. to find similar pe like-minded people, but it's like such a fine line here in this three-dimensional plane, you know? You know, I just have this idea that you said there's no hierarchy and I just feel like, man, <laughs> anarchists will love that. <laughs> absolutely yeah the hierarchy thing too because people humans i should say they just think they're above us and they, they're not it's just they just are operating at a different frequency of awareness right and the ones that do view themselves as above us we've got to watch out for maybe yeah i would say that and it's the same with earth planes you know it's it's yeah, it's, you can you know a lot about someone how they treat a waitress or a barista. Like that's hierarchy in a our three dimensional reality. If you you mistreat someone because they're a server, you know, you think you're better than someone because they're working at a restaurant or the coffee shop or what have you. You know, what does someone that's do if they're very... awakening but they've mistreated people in the past? Can do your meta meditation. I suppose it's <laughs> just being kind that. to like, yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I've been there too, where I just was like, oh shit, that wasn't very nice hmm. ten years ago, and I kind of got stuck in a loop of like, do I email this person? <laughs> and it's just, it's recognizing, it's actually coming back and having compassion for yourself because when we inflict pain on others, it's because we are suffering ourselves. I, what you could do, here's an idea for the listener. You could 
And so if you feel like you've done something to someone, you write an imaginary letter to them and don't send it. Absolutely. Or maybe burn it, but don't burn your house. Yeah. That's not a good idea. No, don't burn the house down. But I like the <laughs> letter writing because yeah. it, and I do a little bit of manifestation work. And sometimes we are asked in the modules to bring forward in our mind's eye, the person that caused us harm. And so this is reverse, but I will speak out loud. So I'll be in meditation and the person will be there in my mind's eye, but I'm speaking out loud. Like I'm talking to, you know, I'll be like, you know what? That effing hurt. That wasn't cool that, you know, standing up for yourself. That's really healing too. So I think the common ground with these two examples is getting the energy out, writing it on paper, saying it out loud. Doesn't have to be to the actual person. Doesn't matter if they caused you harm or you cause them. Get that energy out of your body. Is it about just letting yourself feel it? Yeah. We don't like feeling bad feelings. I mean, 100%. That's, that's it right there. And I remember, too, during COVID, I heard this song. It was a Radiohead song. And it reminded me of my ex-boyfriend when I was, like, 18. And he, I think, well, I think he cheated on me or something. But I just rebounded really quickly. I just was, like, out of here, see you never. Like, trying to be that, like, empowered woman and not cry. And I heard the song that we used to listen to. And I just burst into tears and totally grieved and mourned that relationship and the pain. And then after, I was like, whoa, that's been inside of me, that pain for 10 years. How have I been projecting huh. that pain onto other people without knowing it, you know? So I always told myself, yeah, because I always told myself, I was fine. Are you kidding? I found out and I just yelled at him and told him to F off and I left. But I didn't cry. I just held it in. Yeah, if you act like that, then you're not fine, are you? No. Back then, I thought I was just like this independent woman that doesn't take shit from anyone. But now I recognize like it would have been perfectly healthy to cry and to be angry or what have you, you know? Mm. And I noticed that my ego has, um, I, I'm moving into this more unity focused mentality, right? Mm. But back when I was on one of the, I had a side, I was on a side politically, right? And I'm like, mm -hmm. this is a poor programming, I guess you could say, from when I was on that side. And sometimes it's just like, someone says something, we're like, yeah, but there's this. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait um, oh yeah, I'm actually more about unity now, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, isn't it awareness just everything? It is, yeah. And I still see, I see people who are still fighting that battle that I was fighting, or whether they're on my side or the other side or some other side. Uh, mm -hmm. And, well, they're all on my side, really. Um, but, yeah. you know, based on the old perceptions. And it's kind of, it's kind of sad, but at the same time, at least we can be grateful that we've learned things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're, when you kind of take a step back and you're on that, on the outside of things, like I just saw an argument on Facebook. I don't really go on Facebook much anymore, but I do for my family, just living in a separate country than them. And it's the same thing where I'm like, oh, it's so interesting that they're getting so angry and they're causing this whole storm over just two different opinions on something. And it just, yeah, I think there is a sad element to it, but then there also is a, wow, I used to be that person. Like I used to hop in 
Facebook comments and start a riot, you know? And it's like, now it's just not worth my time or energy. It was kind of fun but on some level. It what Well, because you feel like you're achieving something and you feel like you're better. Well, at least for me, yeah, I feel like it's a way to I'm help. better than you. It's not just that. It's like, maybe I can contribute to society by changing one person's yeah. mind somehow. Yeah. <laughs> like, like no, they're clearly no. so stupid that they are just seeing this wrong and I'm going to help them see the way they should see. Which just happens to be my opinion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's a lot of that. And we have a lot of work to do as a collective, specifically within that realm of just social media and sharing comments. Because, I mean, the big issue is you would never say half the things one says on social media to someone in person. That's what know? exists. So that we can let off karma from how many lifetimes of all that arguments and fighting and everything yeah yeah that's a really good good way to look at it because it's like yes i don't know what that shift will look like and social media itself is such a weird weird animal in its own right it's just getting deeper and deeper and it helps it's great but it's also just so interesting to think 30 years ago it's just none of this existed yeah and there is something to the idea of like if we were, if people are doing it more and not interacting in person as much there's something lost perhaps mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i agree i agree do you have any insights you'd like to share I think, yeah, just something, a kind of final note from them. They were, they just showed me the word remembrance. And if we can just even, so you, the listener, maybe some of this is new to you. Maybe it's not. If if you're here, it's probably not. But we really are going into this stage as individuals, remembering who we truly are. And I can speak from personal experience that I've seen some, some aspects of myself that I'm still getting used to that would have never even filled my imagination two years ago. And so it's recognizing that there is so much more to who we are. We are more than just human. We are more than just beings. We are more than just a soul. And we're here to remember that. We're here to wake up back to that. That's for sure. Okay, and I have to say thank you to your, for your team for being here. I feel like it's not just us two. No, <laughs> it's not. Well, we have your team now too. We have like your people. Oh, have you been talking to them as well? They're just, I can just feel them behind you. They feel mostly Octarian, but there's some other people too that I'm just like, can't really see them. But yeah, it wasn't just us two, that's for sure. All right, it's a conference, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Must have Zoom's for, right? Conference mm-hmm. calls. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for coming on, Chelsea. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, always a pleasure. All right, uh, bye. Bye.